Hello, and welcome to the POI podcast. This week we are discussing prisons and the quality of life that they offer their inmates. The conditions of prisons vary considerably around the world, but in an article from last December, liberal writer Becky Rees argued that the UK's old-fashioned approach to crime and punishment does not work, more specifically, the UK prison system. Having undergone little reform, Becky believes that prisons are not a solution to tackling crime, as 75% of ex-convicts re-offend within nine years of being released. In concluding her article, Becky argued for the case that more humane prisons are required that follow a similar model to Halden Prison from Norway. The key differentiating factor that Becky highlights between Holden and the UK prisons is Holden's focus on the offenders' lives after prison rather than their time in prison, offering more opportunities for their inmates to to better themselves through education whilst minimising how much their liberties are being infringed. The responses to the article came from a pan-party agreement to quote one of the titles. We shall see if those on a podcast today agree. Becky joins us alongside Abby Clargo for Labour and Kieran Burt for the Conservatives. My first question goes to Becky. What makes the UK prison system so outdated? Well, I think the main issue is that there's such a big focus on retribution and not a huge focus on rehabilitation, which other countries have started to focus more on rehabilitating prisoners so that they can have a better life outside of prison and are less likely to reoffend. But in the UK, we haven't sort of caught on to this trend. We're very much still employing a very old-fashioned kind of prison system that is leading to high reoffending rates. Okay. Abby, in your response, you agreed, but you gave a different example of Schwarmstadt in Germany. And you highlighted the focus on therapy, which sort of leads to an interesting debate of, do you think all prisoners can be rehabilitated? Um, I don't know if I would say all prisoners. I think that's maybe an overestimation. But I think there needs to be a focus on rehabilitation. And a lot of the time therapy will do this because um, I I think if you look in the UK, half of uh, prisoners in the UK don't have any school qualifications. and that's not justification for the crimes that they've committed. But, you know, maybe it's because of inequality in the system that they have uh, ended up in prison. So I think we need to treat these prisoners with respect. And if that's through therapy or education, um, whatever it may be, if that will make them a better person to prison um, and stop them from reoffending, then I think it's worth a try. Kieran, do you agree with... Abby, that uh, crime rates are relative to systematic inequality in people's education? Um, well, I, I think that the... I do agree in some respects. There's obviously, like, education. If prisoners are educated before, have education qualifications before, they're more likely... Their prospects are better once they leave. Um, so I think that plays a role in it um and i agree with the fact that our prison systems especially the high recidivism rate of 75 percent that probably shows that uh, uh, prisons do need some reforming uh to drive that down okay i'd like to ask a question to becky what aspects of holden specifically would you like to see implemented in the uk Well, I think one of the obvious differences is that the prison guards in Halden have a lot more training and they have a a larger basis of their training is psychological and they act more as like a mentor and a therapist, along with obviously a safety officer. 
that this is probably a much better way of handling crime when it comes to um, rehabilitating prisoners because it would I assume it creates a more open environment a better environment and actually um, allows prisoners to improve and grow and um, so I think if we could maybe have a more I don't know compassionate approach to crime between the relationships with prisoners and the prison guards and the way we um, prepare prisoners for release I think is the key difference. I agree I think in Halden especially, you can see that there's not so much of a divide between officers and prisoners. And I think this would work really well as kind of mirroring integration on the outside because these prisoners need to, um, especially those serving shorter sentences, eventually they have to integrate with society on the outside. So having more of a compassionate kind of conversation between guards and prisoners themselves will make it a little bit easier on the outside. I think that's just one thing we can do to help kind of lower um, recidivism rates in the UK. Going on that point of the less serious crimes, in the uh, Conservative response, they suggested that the punishment in the UK should be less severe for those who are committing non-violent crimes. I'm just wondering if, Kieran, you agree with that? Uh, yes, I do. I think the punishment... Uh, should be less, especially if it's non-violent. Um, I think uh, things like community service would uh, better than just prison sentences because if they're obviously in a prison, they're not. That's help, not helping anyone. Um, so yes, I do agree. Uh, I think there. I believe that's the policy um, in the. Oh, what's it? the smarter approach to sentencing and the sentencing white paper that was recently introduced. Yeah, and if you look at um, like category D prisons in the UK, um, kind of, they're like minimal security prisons and they allow for jobs and education to take place. Um, but then as you move towards category A prisons, which are maximum security, you don't see this as much, if at all, in a lot of the prisons because the prisoners are seen as more violent and therefore not worthy of help. And I think, you know, maybe they have committed more atrocious crimes. I'm not denying that, but I don't think you can just take away a right to education or a right to help um, because a lot of the time they need it. Yeah, I think um, it's interesting to note that Holden is actually for the most violent criminals and it is so far removed from what we see as maximum security prisons where our worst criminals go. I don't think just because their crime is sort of more atrocious, that doesn't mean they don't deserve effective um, care from the prison officers and the prison itself. I think um, all prisoners, regardless of their, their crime, should receive the same level of care and attention. I agree. I think it's very easy to kind of say, follow the narrative of an eye for an eye. And if someone is violent, they don't, they deserve violence or they deserve a punishment in return because that's what they deserve. That's kind of what they ask for. But I mean, I personally don't agree for an eye for an eye. Um, mm. But I think if we have someone here who um, was had kind of been affected by 
a prisoner in some way, whether they had committed a crime against someone in their family or themselves. I think they probably have a different response because it's their natural emotional response to want to see this offender hurt and punished. But I think on the broad scale of things, it's not hurting to try and help them and to try and treat them humanely. Like, that's is that really wrong? I don't think, I don't know, I can't see a really negative effect to that. I think perception is also important because politicians like like to be seen as tough on crime. Um, so I think perception in like the media of oh, if it's a rehabilitation, that's seen as weak. Um, so that perception. But jumping on this line of um, well. perceptions, at what point is it the system implementing justice on those committing crimes versus maybe even revenge? for what they're doing? What's, what's the drawing line between the two? I think it's about the humane standards and just how we treat people because we need these systems in place at a larger level, I guess. You know, there has to be some sort of policy across the board that says um, we're going to, you know, keep someone who stole something in prison for five years or whatever the kind of average sentence is. You know, we need these things across the board um, to be able to measure crime and just to make it easier, I guess, when we sentence people. But then on a much smaller level, we have to look at how humanely we treat these people and we have to treat them as individuals and not statistics or not just offenders who need to be locked away. And then once the system's done its job, that's it. I think it needs to be done on a much smaller level and a more compassionate level, as Becky said earlier. I think we need to look at how these people are treated once they've gone through this system and end up in the prisons. In that case, I'd like to ask Becky, what do you do with the most violent criminal who cannot be rehabilitated? How do they fit into this more humane system? Mm. I mean, I think it's an interesting question of who can you um, rehabilitate and who can't you because I think there's a clear distinction between crimes that occur that non-violent crimes that are perhaps uh, a result of someone's socio-economic position something like you know drug charges theft charges and the typical among um, certain sectors of society and then these really sort of horrific violent crimes murder rape anything like that and can you ever rehabilitate them um, or do they, should they be locked up? Because I think a part of um, prisons, one of their functions is to keep society safe. And it does that by shutting away all the dangerous individuals. Um, and to be honest, I'm not sure. I think in Norway, for instance, they don't have the life sentence. Even for the worst, most atrocious crimes, there is no life sentence. I think the maximum sentence, uh, I can't really remember, but it's probably something like 20 years. Um, and so can we rehabilitate murderers? I don't know, to be honest. I think it depends. Um, there's a really interesting, sorry, I don't know if I can veer off here, but I remember watching a Louis Theroux documentary about paedophiles because there's the argument of can you ever release a paedophile out of prison because is it always going to be an issue for someone? And so they just remain locked up for the rest of their life, which doesn't appear to be a great system or a useful system, but at the same time, you don't want to endanger society and you don't want to um, 
put people at risk. So I think it is, I wouldn't know enough to determine what crimes, um, what crimes people commit and I don't know, what, who can we rehabilitate and who can't we, I think. Interesting. I'm just to raise a point to Kieran, sort of raise a more economic and practical side of the debate. Do you feel that the British people could get behind implementing these more uh, sort of, well, less strict prisons, these more modern ideas? Do you think the British people would support it, especially when it comes to violent criminals? Um, well, um, I guess in a way not, because looking at the uh, the sentencing white paper that I mentioned earlier, um, it does say that it's uh, cracking down. It's not. Uh, it's like reducing automatic release and people who are eligible for it. Um, so I think certainly in the case of violent prisoners, I think you'd struggle to change the perception. And I think the perceptions out there is very much eye for an eye. Um, however, I think for non, non-violent and like low-level crimes in inverted commas, um, it the white paper again also deals with that and like and with measures to reduce recidivism. Um, so I think I think that was I believe that was in the manifesto, and I believe that. So the British people can get behind some of that, I believe. Do you agree, Abby? Do you think the British people are willing to forgive and forget and give these prisoners a better quality of life? Um, it's a difficult question because obviously, you know, there's three of us here who could completely have the same trail of thought and we could agree on all of this that we're debating today. But on a grander scale, you know, everyone has a different opinion. And I think Kieran's right that the perception largely is an eye for an eye and that's kind of what's right and I think it's because prisons have always been you know you always see them as where these bad people go um people who have committed these atrocious crimes which some of the time is true you know we know that but I think yeah it's about perception changing um I don't know if that'll be seen on a big enough scale for people to get behind this change um anytime soon I think it'll take a long time and in the same essence then I can't really see the government getting behind it um at least in the next five ten years because you know there's a lot of evidence that suggests that prisons do need to be more humane but I think in the UK it would take a long time to get over the prison system that we currently have and to kind of change it into these more humane systems so I think it's an issue of both the public and the government getting behind it and maybe they'd go hand in hand if the one got behind it maybe the other would shortly follow i think it's important to try and change the narrative we have around crime because obviously it's a very human emotion to want to see someone punished if they have done something wrong and they have um done something illegal and that's completely understandable but arguably if you manage to increase rehabilitation rates and more and more prisoners who are released can um, sort of return to society easily and sort of um, contribute to society in a positive way then surely that is a 
better benefit for society as a whole. And I think it's important to try and change the focus of why we would make prisons more humane. It is actually to benefit society, wider society. I think it is a far better and more effective approach to crime. And I think if you can get more people talking about this and more people supporting such a change, then politicians will respond and they will come forward and um, perhaps campaign for prison reform. But at the moment, as you say, I don't think if a political party said we're going to radicalise prisons and we're going to make them more compassionate and more humane, I don't think it would be a very popular policy and though so they wouldn't win. The war on drugs, for instance, um, in America was such a big policy um, and it won the election for Reagan. Arguably, it was a big part of his campaign. Um, so I think there's a lot of people who want to see harsher punishment, especially towards the violent criminals, and it's really important to try and change the focus of that, I think. How do you believe this focus could be changed? Removing the government aspect, what what would make people believe that more humane think more humane prisons would uh, be effective? Do you think platforms such as Netflix and their documentaries are a good way to start? Do you think that people should read up on about it? Yeah, I mean, there's, there's so much evidence to suggest that the way we are currently um, sort of employing our prisons and the way they are currently run is not effective, and there's so, like a wealth of information out there that suggests that perhaps countries who are employing more humane prison systems are getting better results. So if we can spread the information, whether it's through a documentary or um, news articles, social media, whether it's a big campaign, I don't know. I think it'd all be pretty useful because once people, I think, start to realise quite how badly our prisons are functioning and how well they could function in the future provided more humane, then a lot of people get behind it. It's just making sure that information is more accessible. Yeah, I agree. I think it's about seeing, making sure people can see how these prisons work and how we can prevent uh, people reoffending and seeing it on more of a normal context. I'm not saying, you know, we should all be exposed to dangerous criminals, um, but I think, you know, uh, the Raphael Rowe documentary that we talk about um, it's a really good example because I didn't know a lot of this stuff that we're talking about about prisons before I watched this. I just saw a trailer on Netflix, thought it looked interesting and kind of accidentally stumbled across it in that way. But I think, you know, nowadays when everything is on our screens, a TV documentary like this is really helpful to show the two different extremes and how one is arguably better than the other. And I think people can make their own minds up about that when they watch it. Um, but I think just making sure people can see how we can prevent recidivism rates and how we can actually help these people and how it will benefit wider society. Because I think a lot of people don't know about this and we need to know about it if we want proper change to happen in the next few years. So, Kieran, do you agree with Abby? Do you think these perceptions can be changed? Uh, yeah, I think through uh, education, especially through like documentaries uh, on Netflix and other streaming sites that are very well positioned to do this, um, I think with everything, if you put it in long text form uh, that people have to go out of their way to find online, um, I think that makes it very hard for them to do so. And obviously, like the aspect of are they that bothered um 
to find it. Whereas if it's on a streaming site like Netflix, it's just something easy to stick on uh, and watch. You don't have to digest quite as much. Um, but I think it will take time, ultimately, to change perceptions. Like, I, it's not going to be something that, yo, you make a couple of Netflix documentaries and then, you know, the day after, everything's solved. Um, so, yeah, I think, unfortunately, it will... Be, I think it can be changed, but I think it will take a long time. Okay. Um, I have a question for Becky. And to play devil's advocate, I was reading that some people argue that the most sort of violent criminals in Norway aren't necessarily being rehabilitated, but reprogrammed. And I read a few comparisons of uh, the prison to um, Clockwork Orange, not necessarily as a sort of horrific as the book, but the idea that these people aren't actually them, tr- their true selves anymore when they leave the prison. They've been de facto brainwashed. What, what do you say to this? I mean, I, I feel like that's quite unlikely. There's no strange... Um sort of psychological I don't know no one's being reprogrammed I think it's um just I don't know I I think they're just taking a more compassionate approach to crime they are trying to understand why someone has committed a crime help them understand themselves help them understand why how to get on their feet after prison I'm not sure there's any reprogramming I don't know how therapy could be miscon like um seen as a negative experience i think it's probably very helpful i mean i, be- I believe the main arguments uh, they were making is that these people's true nature is violent and when they leave they're not being their true nature and that, that they're trying to sort of go along this philosophical debate of that they're changing people I'm not saying i agree i'm playing devil's advocate yeah i mean is anyone's true nature violent i feel like that's probably a product of society their environment growing up i don't think anyone's born evil unless they really do have some kind of psychological uh, issue um i think crime usually is a, um, a product of your own environment and so if you can be prompted to commit a crime through someone's environment then you can be prompted to lead a life of no crime as well and i don't think that's something bad i think that's a good process yeah i think this kind of comes back to almost full circles what we were talking about at the start of the podcast and systematic injustice because i agree i don't think anyone's born violent or evil i think a lot of it is kind of a product of how people have been brought up and what they've witnessed in wider society um and i think maybe i mean i'm not denying that there are people out there who are saying that this therapy doesn't work um and they're saying um that they're being brainwashed or whatever and i think a lot of it comes from this narrative because nobody has ever it's okay to treat criminals humanely and to treat them with compassion you know that's not the norm nobody has when we're growing up nobody says oh yes you should approach a criminal with care and try and give them some hope that's not kind of the normal people want to see these people punished so when they see the opposite it's shocking to them and they don't really know how to process it so i think this is probably where a lot of this backlash has come from i think it's really interesting that the way we treat prisoners has not changed from you know the medieval times it's still very much this harsh treatment of someone who's done it uh, done something wrong and even though modern psychology and modern sociology and loads of different 
um, fields of study are illustrating that actually this is not the case. No one is evil. Um, the prisons haven't sort of shifted and changed as a result of that. We still have this very medieval, archaic um, prison system, despite the fact that we have grown as a society to understand that crime is not a black and white issue and there is a lot of nuance to why someone commits a crime. And I think we're really letting people down by not reforming. We have the new knowledge, we have a better understanding, and yet we're not sort of doing anything about it. I think, though, again, it comes back to a perception mm -hmm. issue of, yes, there's all this research suggesting that um, a more humane approach, as you put it, might be more effective. But that's, uh, again, very hard to communicate, whereas uh, the, everyone knows the human feeling of someone's done something horrific and they want immediate retrograde of action to be taken. And on that note, I'd just like to ask everybody one final question before we conclude uh, this week's podcast. Um, starting with Becky, how viable do you honestly believe this radical reform will be? And do you think we'll see it in the UK sooner rather than later, if at all? I mean, I'd like to think that eventually the UK will catch up to other countries and reform our prisons. But I don't see it happening necessarily very soon unless we start having serious conversations about it as a society abby um i agree i think there's so much evidence that these systems can work and they do work in a lot of cases um again it, it all comes down to public perception this kind of underlines this whole issue and in terms of the government introducing this reform i'm not sure if our current government will overlook the public backlash that exists and try to change it and I'm not sure if they'll overlook the kind of economic burden that this may initially have on the prison system so I think hopefully and I'm sure we will see reform soon but I don't think it'll be as soon as it should be or as soon as we want it to be and finally Kieran um, I think the reform will come again like echoing everyone else um and i think it's starting to happen through like uh acts as the sentencing uh bill and white paper that i mentioned earlier um however i think like for a full shake up uh, of our prison systems will take a lot more than simply one government act uh, and it'll probably take successive governments to continue that reform. And on that point, I would like to thank our three guests. We've had Becky Rees for the Liberals, Abby Clargo for Labour, and Kieran Burt for the Conservatives. Thank you for listening, and this has been the POI Podcast. <laughs>